we're about six weeks from the Interstate Fair here in Spokane. And, you know, one of the things when I go to the Interstate Fair, I like to look at all the stuff. Always take a look at the cows. Always got to do that. It's not, you don't go, it's not the fair unless you go look at an animal or two. But, but, but I go to eat. I mean, that, that's the main reason to go. And, and when I go to eat at the fair, I'm not worried about cotton candy. I mean, I'm going there to get something with substance. I mean, stuff like pulled pork, ribs, foot-long corn dogs. Uh, if I do get dessert, it's going to be an Oklahoma funnel cake with ice cream. Uh, I mean, they charge about eight, nine bucks for them things. But cotton candy? No. Uh, I want to get some good stuff. Uh, substance. And I want to take a look. Uh, Paul is going to talk to Timothy about substance and not getting, taking in the cotton candy of life and trying to stuff yourself with that. So we're going to turn back uh, to our study in 2 Timothy, the second chapter. 2 Timothy, the second chapter. We're going to look at the approved servant. And the, the servant that is approved is going to have certain actions in his life. And we're going to look at two of them this morning and the next Sunday We'll look at the other two. But 2 Timothy, 2nd chapter, we're going to pick, pick up at verse 14. Stand with me as we read our passage. And here Paul says, Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their world word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. I like that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for the foundation we do stand on, your word, who you are. And Lord, help us to stand firm in our day, to be a people that are your servants, a people that are approved servants serving you. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. So the approved servant, we're going to look at a couple actions here today. The first one is going to deal with choices. Some people get up, you know, life is a series of choices. And, and some people will get up and, and, and they're just going to choose cotton candy stuff every day. When in reality we need much more. I mean, if we just have a steady diet of TV and social media, uh, we're living on cotton candy. That's what we're getting there. Verse 14 gives us a great compass to guide our lives and to guard us from the cotton candy. Notice what Paul says. Of these things, put them in remembrance, 
charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Paul says right up front, put these things in remembrance. And he's referring to the previous issues of life and death that he set out in earlier verses. You look uh, early in this chapter, verse 1. There he says, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And then in verse 2, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Uh, verse 8, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to the gospel. And verse 10, uh, I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So that's, that stuff is real meat. This is the things Paul is telling Timothy. Bring them in remembrance. Remind them of, of the grace that is found in Jesus Christ. Remind them of the teachings and doctrines that uh, he taught them and we would find in his writings. He stresses to Timothy the teaching and making disciples of faithful men. And then we see he points out Jesus Christ who fulfills the Bible is raised from the dead. That our salvation is in him and we find eternal glory with him. Uh, these are things of substance and we're to remember those. Paul says don't forget them. Uh, now that's the value of personal Bible study. And, and that's why if we neglect our Bibles, then we just, we're just taking in stuff that just really doesn't matter. But the eternal word does. Here we center God's eternal words and, and uh, we lay aside the fluff of man's words. And that's also the value of our church family. That weekly, we assemble ourselves together. Just like we are right now, we are assembled together in worship. And when we get together as God's people, we are reminded what is true, what is worthy, what is eternal, what's valuable, and the Word of God. And, and when we get together in church, we are stepping away from the cacophony of a world that is very loud and has a different message. So we need that. Personal Bible study and our church family. So important. And every day we have to choose what really counts. What is eternal. I always like the account that Luke gives us in Luke 10. And just turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. Of Mary and Martha. Last verses of chapter 10 of Luke. Verse 38. Uh, Luke tells us that it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain wom woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary. 
And notice what Mary is doing. Which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. Came to him, said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bitter therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. She made a choice that day, Mary did. And she chose what really counted. I mean, Jesus wasn't going to be there every day. There's going to be a time when he would not be physically present. And Mary chose to be at his feet. And how precious that moment. And as Jesus pointed out, she has chosen the good part and it will not be taken from her. She will always have that. We also see in choices that we need to choose to step away from the worthless, as Paul points out in verse 14 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. Step away from the worthless. Charge them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit. You know, there are just some things that are worthless, not worth engaging our effort. I mean, it's like trying to teach a pig to sing. It's just not worth it. One, it's going to annoy the pig. Second, you're going to get dirty. So don't do it. Don't bother with it. Some things in life are like that. And Paul says, and he exhorts, strive not about words to no profit. Yeah, so they were contending about words. Uh, we says, in this context, to wrangle about empty and trifling matters. Now, it's always good to discuss with other believers Bible teachings. That's a worthy thing. We have common ground. We accept God's authority, His Word. But to wage a war of words with false teachers who, who don't accept God's authority of His Word can often become pointless. In fact, in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, verse 7, we see a good description of them. In verse 7 it says, They are ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And we see many like that today. Dr. John MacArthur, he says, uh, The barrage of ungodly ideals and verbiage that today is assaulting society in general and the evangelical church is frightening. Then he goes on to observe. He says, As Christians become less and less familiar with the scripture and sound doctrine on a first-hand regular basis, they become easy prey for, for jargon that sounds Christian but strongly mitigates against the truth of God. And that's what we're seeing today. We're just seeing stuff that looks Christian, sounds Christian, but it is not Christian. Don't be taken in by worldly jargon. So we have to be discerning. We have to be like Mary. We have to be choosing the good part. Step away from the worthless. Learn to say no. We don't have to take every invitation. 
Yo, somebody posts something on Twitter or Facebook. Don't bite into everything. Let it go. Some things just are not worth chasing. Step away from the worthless. Uh, be like Nehemiah. I uh, like that. You read the book of Nehemiah. Great encouraging book. If you remember there, Nehemiah, cupbearer of, the, of a great king, who allowed him to go back to Jerusalem, and he rebuilt the walls of a burned city. And if you remember Nehemiah's experience, one of the things, he was on the wall building it, and his enemies that were trying to stop him came and said, Nehemiah, why don't you come down off that wall, and let's have some negotiations. Let's have some dialogue. Nehemiah didn't fall for that. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. I've got a great task here, and we're going to finish it. And he stayed with it. So, so learn to say no. Learn to be discerning in your Christian life. With that, we have to keep eternal perspective. Now, the end of verse 14 gives the result of worthless contending of words that it's no profit and it subverts the hearers. <coughs> now I like things that are useful in my Christian life. And one of the things, you know, a lot of guys have great blogs that you can listen to, podcasts. I don't. Uh, I don't like to take the time to listen to stuff. I'd rather read a text version because I can read very quickly if they have any substance or not. And I can skim through a 15-minute podcast or blog text-wise in just a handful of minutes. And I can decide quickly, that's worthless, not going to bother with it, Take a look at something else. So we have to sort out and choose what has profit for the long run. Uh, that's why I always fight to keep my Bible priority. Because I know that is always valuable. That's always eternal. That's always going to give me something with substance. But Paul points out that the worthless stuff can subvert the listeners. And that word subvert means to turn over, uh, to turn under like a plow turns over the dirt. That's what it does. It subverts. It means to overthrow, to throw down. Uh, the Greek word is katastropho, and that kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's where we get our word catastrophe. And he says that's what happens. Those that listen to drivel, worthless stuff can suffer catastrophe. And that's what will happen if we just feed on cotton candy. It will have a catastrophic effect on our spiritual lives. So the approved servant chooses substance, meat. That's the first action. A second action of the approved servant is he is diligent. We see that in verse 15. 
Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, verse 14 had things that were to stay away from. Verse 15 has things that we need to bring in to our lives. And one of the things we learn about the Christian life is that faith is not just words. Genuine faith has visible actions. You know, that's what James wrote. He said, uh, you say you have faith? Good. I will show you my faith by my works, by what I do. And as we look at this verse, we see some actions of Christian faith. In fact, the Christian walk is really an adventure of faith, actions. William Barclay says it often happens that the best way to understand the deep things of Christianity is to embark on the unmistakable duties of the Christian life. <coughs> you want to understand deep things of God? Start doing the Christian life. Start having the fruit of the Spirit. Peace, love, joy, self-control, gentleness, meekness. Then we'll understand the deep things. But notice what Paul tells, <coughs> tells Timothy, the actions he needs. Diligence. Uh, that word for study in the King James, others will have diligence. It means to make haste to exert oneself to endeavor to give diligence. So it, it conveys the thought of quickly hurrying to do something and then exerting yourself as you do it. And Timothy is to be diligent in his Christian life, especially with the Word of God. Uh, now I think Zacchaeus in Luke 19 is a great example. Let's just turn back to Zacchaeus. Uh, Luke 19. <coughs> In Luke 19... Zacchaeus has great diligence as he seeks Jesus. In chapter uh, verse 1, Jesus enters and passes through Jericho. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans. He was rich. And then notice his diligence. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was little stature. And he ran before, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. But, but see his diligence? He sought to see Jesus. He ran before the crowds to get ahead of them because he's little, couldn't see. He climbed into the tree. And then in verse 5, Jesus sees him. 
Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And, and notice verse 6. And he made haste, diligence, and came down and received him joyfully. Now, now the question is, does that describe my Christian life? Am I like Zacchaeus in my diligence to see Jesus? Do I make haste? Do I run to the Lord? Do I get up in the morning and say, man, I can hardly wait to get my Bible? Does Sunday come around and do I say, man, I can hardly wait to get to church? Diligence and making the effort. Make haste to see the Master. Zacchaeus did. So be diligent. The other action of the approved servant is be visible. So we go back to 2 Timothy. Verse 15. Study to show thyself. That means to present. To show the quality of the person or thing that it exhibits. So Timothy is to present his diligence to God. To make it visible. Show yourself. And when we look at the heroes of faith, they had visible faith. Abel, he gave a visible sacrifice. Noah, he was out there every day working on the ark for 120 years. That's pretty visible. Man, does that thing begin to take shape? That's visible faith. Abraham. God told him to leave his home. He did. That's visible. Rahab, she revealed her faith when she protected the two spies. So faith is visible. And we need to exercise a visible faith. The proved servant will do that. Will have that action. The other action is take the test and pass the test. Always uh, smile when I think that story Bill Carlson told years ago. He had a woman come up one time and said, uh, said, I am always struggling with the same thing over and over and over. He just told her, you just keep flunking the test. You need to pass it. And that's what uh, Paul's talking about being approved is being put to the test and passing it. You know, things that are approved have met specifications. It's used of gold or silver that's purified. Uh, a, a stone that is approved to fit into a building. Uh, a flawed stone was marked with a letter that it was tested and found wanting. They laid aside. And as Christians, we don't want that mark. We don't want to be tested and found lacking. We need to be approved and pass the test. And that's why Paul says, uh, show yourself approved. A workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, that is, 
in other words, we don't want to be below standard. Unacceptable. John the Apostle, in his letter, 1 John, he writes, he says, Now, little children, abide in him. Stay with Jesus. That when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. I mean, everyone, we all want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. <coughs> and then the action of handling God's word accurately. Uh, rightly dividing the word of truth. That, that word uh, means to cut straight. It's used of a craftsman cutting a straight line. A farmer plowing a straight row. A mason setting up a straight line of bricks. And Paul, as a tent maker, knew the importance of cutting a straight line. Especially with God's word. Don't be careless. Know it. Be in it. I remember years ago, Don Lang, who was director of missions when I first came here. He's home with the Lord now. But he grew up in New Mexico, and, and I think he lived with his uh, aunt and uncle. But one day his uncle sent him and his cousin out on the field there in the farm and, and told him, you two are to put in a fence line in this section here today. And so he left him. So they digging their post holes, and uh, pretty soon they kind of hit a tree rut in one spot, so they moved the post over, avoid the tree rut. Uh, next place, and they had a rock, a big rock that was there, so they moved the fence post, get by that rock. Then there's a little e easy digging here, and they moved it again. And when they got done, you know what that fence line looked like? Well, his uncle came out and about blew a gasket. So you guys dig them things up and you put those posts where they need to go. Dig it out and dig it right and make it straight. He said, we learned a lesson that day. They redug that thing, got a straight fence. I mean, that's sacrilege if you don't have a straight fence. They got it straight. And you know, God's word, we're to handle it rightly. Cut it straight. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff out there that... They say it's biblical, but it's not. Far from it. Handle God's word correctly. I mean, it is the seed we sow. It is the sword of it weapon that we use. It is the light that shines. It is the bread we feed on. Be in it. Know it. And handle it. Al, I'm going to bring you back up. We're going to sing our invitation. But, but I want us to ask ourselves today, if I was to stand before the Lord, am I an approved servant? Am I choosing 
substance in my life? Or if I let the cotton candy stuff come in? Now I need to get back to substance. Am I having a diligence in my faith that is visible to myself and others? Be diligent. Choose substance. Today's the day to start. Don't delay it. Not tomorrow. Get to it today. Let's stand as we sing our invitation.